This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Amos and Andy was an extremely successful radio sitcom that starred two white actors as the main black characters on the show. Freeman Gosden played Amos Jones, and Charles Carell played Andrew Hogg Brown, two men working on a farm in Atlanta, Georgia in the beginning of the show, and then later moving to Chicago. After experiencing some tough times, they started their own company, the Fresh Air Taxi Company. Later, the two moved to Harlem, New York. Amos was the hard-working, grounded of the two, and Andy was a self-important dreamer who let Amos do most of the work. The leader of their lodge, George Kingfish Stevens, would often trick them into some kind of trouble, or drag them into a get-rich-quick scheme. Many of the episodes dealt with the marital troubles between Amos and his wife, Ruby Taylor. Other characters included John Brother Crawford, Henry Van Porter, Frederick Montgomery Gwindell, Algonquin Calhoun, and many others. Gosden and Carell voiced many of the characters themselves. The show ran from March 19, 1928 to November 25, 1960. Now sit back and enjoy the February 18, 1944 and May 17, 1953 broadcasts of Amos and Andy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Amos and Andy Show. On the wall of Andrew H. Brown's office is a large calendar, and the third Friday of the month, which happens to be today, has a circle drawn around it. And from what Andy is telling Lightning right now, there's some doubt as to just why Andy was anxious to remember this particular day. Now, look, Lightning, a man don't draw no circle around a day unless it means something. Now, you ain't got no idea what it's for, huh? Now, let me think. What did I circle today for? Nothing doing up the lodge. Income tax ain't due till March. Uh, they still got that thing going on. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lightning. Uh, when is Easter? Easter? I don't know exactly. But I don't think it's a day because I ain't seen no bunnies around the store. Yeah. February the 18th. Take decoration day. Take Labor Day. Let me see. February the 18th. I know it ain't the 4th of July, I know that. Uh, you know what? I say, I know it ain't the... Oh, that was pretty dumb, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I... Wait a minute, I know the reason I done put that circle around the date. Oh, why? It's to remember to buy Ruby a present. Today is Ruby's birthday, and Ruby is one of the best friends I got. She sure is. 
Uh, what is you going to buy, Miss Andy? Well, I don't know yet exactly, but it's going to be something classy. I'm going to buy her the most beautiful, gorgeous, and most attractive present in town. Come on, Titan, we're going over to the five and ten. Hey, listen, Muggsy. Take a look back over your shoulder. Is that flat foot still following us? Yeah, Joe. He's walking fast, too. Uh, if the cop shows you're a foot high. I know. Where's the diamond ring? I got it in my hand. Come on, let's duck in the five dime here. Quick. Okay. Hey, what are you trying to do? Get lost in the crowd, Muggsy? How are you going to get lost in here? Come on, we're going over to the jewelry counter. Oh, what's the idea? Come on, stand over here. Keep your eye on the front door. If the copper comes in, let me know quick. Okay. I'm going to drop this ring in the tray here with these phony diamond rings. Uh oh, here he comes. Drop it quick. Okay. Come on now. Walk slow. Nobody's seen you, Muggsy. And we don't know nothing, see? Uh oh, here's the cop. Boys, okay. Let's go up to headquarters. Want to talk to both of you. Oh, what's the idea? A couple of respectable citizens come in the store, and all of a sudden somebody jumps on them and takes them up to headquarters. Uh, is this way you was going, Miss Andy? Yeah, come on, Lightning. Uh, here's the jewelry counter right here. This is the highest class five and ten cents store I was ever in. Oh, that's why I come here. Something I can do for you? Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, I want to get a diamond ring, uh, a pretty good diamond. Our rings are in this tray here on the counter, 98 cents apiece. Yeah, they're pretty, ain't they? These are all square cuts. Yeah, I like these. Uh, them round ones got that cheap look. Uh, which one are you going to take, Miss Andy? Well, here's two. Look almost exactly like. Uh, which one would you take, Lightning? I can't tell them apart, hardly. Well, it don't make much difference. Uh, this one looked pretty good. Yeah, here you is, miss. Uh, can I have this one? All right. I'll put it in the bag for you. Yeah, thank you, ma'am. You know, Lightning, you sure get your money's worth in this store. Lightning, did you stop off and see Fluky like I told you to? Ah, uh, yeah, sir. He's on his way over here now. Well, I sure hope he bring a lot of chisels and hammers with him. Yeah, I told him to bring that stuff. You see, I want Ruby to think that I has given her a real diamond, and if she see one this big, she's going to know that it ain't real. I'm going to have Fluky to chop some of it off. Uh, I hear the fella say one time that when you got a real diamond, it'll cut glass. Yeah, well, if Ruby try to cut any glass with this one, it's going to be a question of which piece of glass goes first. <laughs> And another thing, Lightning, I want you to keep your big mouth shut. I don't want it to get all over town that I has given Ruby a ring from the five and ten cents store. So you don't know nothing no matter what happens. I promise you, I ain't going to say nothing to nobody. Yeah, wait a minute. Come in, Fluky. I see you got all your stuff with you there. Well, how's it there, fellas? Glad to see you. Yeah. Now listen, Fluky, can you shorten this diamond for me? Look here. Oh, sure. I got my whole kit here full of diamond shortening tools. Yeah, where's my big hammer here? Yeah, well, uh, here's the ring. Uh, go ahead, go to work there, Fluke. Yeah, now wait a minute. Let me get my wooden handle chisel out here. Yeah, well, I uh, think we're all set your right, Andy. Andy, you hold the diamond uh, flush against the floor with the ring part up. Okay, Fluke. Uh, Lightning, uh, you hold this uh, big chisel uh, right there on the diamond. Uh, put it right about there. Just chop off a little there. That's it right there. Okay, I got it. Boy, it sure takes a flock of people to shorten a diamond, don't it? <laughs> All right, hold it now, everybody. I go smack it. <clears throat> mm. 
I missed it. <laughs> Listen, Lightning, you move the chisel. Watch it, will you? We are shortening the diamond here, not the floor. Uh, let's try it again now. Put the, put the chisel right about your Lightning. Aye, aye, sir. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Mm, split it right in two. Diamond? No, the chisel. <laughs> yeah, they sure make these fake diamonds hard, don't they? You see there, Lightning, I told you that this was a good imitation. Yeah, they sure is hard, all right. Say, look, Pookie, I think we better forget about shortening the thing. You'll have to bust up the ring and everything else there. Yeah, well, I done used my biggest chisel on the thing, so I wouldn't know where to go from there, and I ain't got no more chisels. Yeah, well, that's all right. Thanks anyway, Fluky, for trying to help me. Okay, and I'll be seeing you then. Yeah. Oh, come in, Kingfish, come in. Yeah, hello there, boys. How is you, Fluky? How is you, Kingfish? Just leaving. See you soon. Yeah, so long, Fluky. So long, so long. So long. Uh, well, and uh, what's that ring you got there? Oh, well, I done got this for Ruby for her birthday. Mm -hmm. Fluky was trying to make it look like a real diamond for me. Oh, got one of them dime store diamonds, huh? That's right, yeah. Oh, uh, listen, Andy, if you want to make it look like a real diamond, uh, why don't you have the inside of the ring graved up? Well, Kingfish, I... Uh, tell, tell you I... what, uh, I got a friend down here that will do it for you. Fellow by the name of Pete. Uh, got a little hole in the wall, low rent, uh, one price and all that stuff. Good jeweler, though. Yeah. What do we get for graven? Well, uh, he get a pretty good price, Andrew, but I can get it for you wholesale. Uh, ten cents a letter, and he throws in the dots for nothing. Yeah. Uh, graven would be a good idea, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you could uh, have him grave something nice in there, like... Uh, uh, to Ruby from Andy on her birthday, February 18th, 1944, minute happy returns of the day and best wishes for the future. <laughs> listen, listen, Kingfish. Suppose I just say two Ruby from Andy. How much is that going to cost? Two Ruby from Andy. Yeah. Well, a uh, ten cent a letter. There's a uh, two, six, ten, uh, fourteen, uh, fourteen letters. Uh, that would be a dollar forty. And that dot deal don't mean nothing, because there ain't no dots in there. Dollar uh, forty, huh? That's a lot of money. Wonder what we could cut out there. You know that word ruby in there ain't really important. She's going to wear the ring. She knows her. Uh, you want to cut out uh, the word ruby, huh? Yeah. What did that leave? Uh, then it would read, uh, two from Andy. Two from Andy. Yeah, well, that two don't make much sense there. Cut that out. Okay, well, that would leave from Andy. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to give her the ring. She's going to know who it's from. Ain't no use putting Andy in there. Uh, I want to cut out Andy, huh? Yeah. What about left? From. From, huh? Well, I don't know, but that sounds kind of undefinite to me. Well, I tell you, Anna, the only thing to do is to put in that two ruby from Andy. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, well, take care of it for me, will you, Kingfish? Sure thing, Andy. I'll have the ring back for you this afternoon. Uh, so like I say, Pete, this friend of mine wants the ring graved up. He wants to put in that two ruby from Andy. Okay, Kingfish, I can do that. And don't forget, Pete, you told me that if any graving work that I brung you from the brothers, you'd give me 25%. And, uh, what you looking at? 
You got a mighty fine ring here, Kingfish. Well, what you mean? That's a blue-white stone. That's one of the finest diamonds I ever saw. Wait a minute. You mean that that's a real genuine diamond? It's worth a couple of thousand dollars wholesale if it's worth a cent. Don't touch it, Pete. Hand me that ring right back. Give me that ring. Give me that ring. Kingfish had gone to get Andy's ring engraved, and he found out its real value. Just now, he's returning with it to Andy. Come in, Kingfish. Oh, uh, Brother Andy, uh, here's the ring. Oh, you got it graved up already? Yeah, you know, there's a funny thing about these dime store rings. Uh, this high-class graver that I done took it to told me that it would ruin his graving instrument if he graved on tin. Yeah. Yeah, he said what you ought to do is to take this to a tin cutter. I is, huh? But a funny thing happened, Brother Ender. A cheap old tin ring like this that ain't no good to nobody walks into my life to fill a vacant niche. What you mean walks into your life? It so happens, partner dear, that on every anniversary I has done give my wife a present, except on her tin anniversary, which is the tenth year of marriage bliss. And what I want to do is to buy this ring from you to fill up that vacant hole that I has done left in my long string of anniversaries. Wait a minute, though, Kingfish. I'm going to give that ring to Ruby. Oh, now, listen, and I is in a hurry. Now, look here. You can get another ring. I tell you what. Whatever you paid for this ring, I'm willing to give you 100% profit. And that's as high as a markup can go. It's OPA stuff and everything, right? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, tell you what. I'll give you $5. $5? Oh, look, that, that's just my first offer now. That's just my first offer. Yeah, well, wait a minute here. Let's skip the in-between offers now and get right down to the last offer then. Yeah, I think you're right, Andy. Uh, we get the uh, dick around. First you dicker, then I dicker. Pretty soon we all dick it out. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah. My last and final 100% offer is $20 cash. I got the money. I had your pal and I want to help you. All right, sold. $20. Give me the money. Now, Brother Andy, it just so happens that I got a contract here in my pocket, all drawn up in advance to save you time, even making you the party of the first part, because I love you. And I want to do everything I can to help you. Yeah. What do I say? Yeah, uh, here's the contract. I'll read it for you. See here, Andrew H. Brown, party of the first part, and George Stevens, party of the second part, hereby agrees to wit and whereas, that Andrew Brown, being in his top form and right mind, feeling good, and knowing what he's doing, <laughs> except from the kingfish, $20, and will never claim any part of any diamond ring that the kingfish has got. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, say here then, as far as ownership of said ring is concerned, Brown agrees that he never saw it, never owned it, and hereby knows that it is the sole property of the kingfish, and he does not know where the kingfish got it, if by hook or crook. Still being in his right mind, Andrew Brown fixes his hand and seal. Sign right there on top of them dots right there. Yeah. Andrew H. Brown. There you is. Yeah, here's the $20. Okay. I'll have Lightning get a box of candy for Ruby so that her and Sapphire won't both get rings. Amos and Ruby is coming over here in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> 
George, I've never been so thrilled over anything in my life. It's a shame we got to sell it. Yes, and it is, but you know the bills we owe. Well, we'll take it into this jewelry store right down here and see what the man will offer us for it. Why did you get this diamond ring anyhow, George? You never did tell me. Oh, it's all on the level, honey. i tell you just what happened. A, a certain person done bought this ring in the dime store. And the only way I can figure it is that uh, this real ring got mixed up with them funny ones. But, George, how in the world could a thing like that happen? Well, honey, it must have been a decoy. They must have nailed it in the tray as a come on, and somebody done tried to decoy loose. That's what I think. <laughs> Uh, uh, here is Juro still right here. Let's get in here. Come on. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, uh, how you do, sir? Is something I can do for you? Uh, yeah, sir. I, I got this diamond ring here, and I want to sell. Uh, how much did you think you could get for it? Uh, hold out your hand, honey. Yeah, yeah. It's so tight on my finger, I'm afraid we're going to have to get some soap and water to get it off. Well, let me put my glass on here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Nice stone. Yes, it is a nice one. Uh, will you excuse me for just a minute? I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, so we wait, you go right ahead. Take your time. Still got some nice stuff in this store, George. Yeah, uh, where are you going? Oh, I just want to look around. These showcases back here. Mm, mm, mm. Look at the jewelry. Look at these kids. Must be a zillion dollars worth of stuff in here. <laughs> Look at that gold stuff, them clips with watches in there. Wonder whatever happened to watch fobs. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I ain't got no business complaining, though. Oh, George, George. Oh, uh, what's the matter, honey? I was in the back of the store, and I heard the man call the police and tell them a woman is in his store wearing that hot diamond ring was described in the police bulletin. That the police ought to come right over here. Oh, me, come on. Let's get out of here quick. Come on here. Well, George, what you going to do? Uh, give me that ring. Pull it off your finger quick. Listen here. You go home and don't answer the doorbell till you hear from me. I go into Andy's office. Come in, Kingfish. Come uh, in. Uh, hey there, Brother Andy. How you feel there? Well, well, what's the matter? What's you out of breath, Bob? Uh, Bob... Uh, who's out of breath? Uh, uh, uh just had a tack of asthma here. Yeah, I look like that. Uh, I'm getting all right, though. Yeah, you're getting well fast, aren't you? Uh, 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 Brother Andy, I gotta see you. Well, you're looking at me. What's the trouble? Uh, Brother Andy, it's my conscience. Uh, you was done here to people's conscience knowing at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is chewing me to pieces. <laughs> uh, uh, partner dear, I want you to take this ring back. Now, hold everything, Kingfish. If you think I'm going to give you the $20 back, you're crazy. We done signed a contract. Uh, and, uh, look here, will you please let my conscience finish talking before you start buttoning in here, please? Oh, yeah. All I say is that I, I won't give you the ring back. I didn't say nothing about you giving me back the $20. Yeah, well, what is the idea of the thing, Kingfish? Uh, uh, Brother Ender, I started thinking about the thing. Uh, here is a ring that you done bought for Ruby. Mm-hmm. You done bought it for her out of the goodness of your heart. And you was bubbling over with sediment. Yeah. Then what happened? <laughs> I come along. Greedy, selfish me. Yeah, you right about that, all right. <laughs> and what does I do when I seize the ring? Right off the bat, I think of my wife. Is it her birthday? No. 
It's Ruby's birthday. But I done forgot all about Ruby. <laughs> and I didn't realize what the ring would mean to her, you see. Man. And even her little children. Oh, Andy, I was a stick in the grass. That's what I <laughs> Yeah, well, you really been mean to Ruby, all right, ain't you? Yeah, now, look here. Now, let's get down to business. Uh, Andy, I've got a contract all drawn up here, giving you back the ring and letting you keep the $20 besides. Yeah. Is I still going to be the party of the first part? Well, to tell you the truth, Andy, uh, just so there won't be no confusion, you is going to be the only party in the contract. <laughs> Well, that's good, all right. Now, I'll read it to you. Stay here. I, Andrew H. Brown, still in my right mind, even more than I was when I signed the other people. <laughs> <laughs> and I say here, I hereby certify that I is the only one in the whole world that knows anything about that diamond ring. <laughs> now, sign right there on top of them dots there. Okay. I like this contract better than the other one. You know? <laughs> Tell you the truth, that first one you had there, I think you was trying to put something over on me, you know that? Uh, all right, now, Andy, here's a copy for me, and here's a copy for you. And remember, Andy, when you say, uh, when, if that phone is for me, I ain't here for you. Hello? Uh, Miss Randy? Yeah, Lydon, what you want? I was having trouble getting candy. I went to one store and it was all out. And then I whizzed over to another store. <laughs> and they got a long line of people waiting. Well, listen, Lightning, forget about the candy, because I done got the ring back and I'm going to give that to Ruby. All right, Miss Andy. Bye. So long, Lightning. Thanks. Well, I right back where I started from. Got the ring back and twenty dollars besides. So is nice to be able to Oh, Amos, Ruby, come on in. Hi, son. Hello, Amos. Hello, Ruby. Hello. Well, you said you wanted us both to stop by, Andy. Yes, we didn't know but what you was having trouble and needed some help or something. Yeah, well I is having trouble. You see, there's a gal that I knows that I crazy about and I wants to give her a ring, but I don't know just what to say to her when I give it to her. Yeah, well, maybe you don't have to say nothing. Yes, the ring will speak for itself, Andy. Why don't you just give it to her and see what happens? All right, I will. Here's the ring, Ruby, and happy birthday to you. What? Andy. Boy, you sure put one over on her, son. Oh, and look at that ring. Oh, Andy, well, this is the most beautiful ring I, I've ever seen in my whole life. And look at the size of it, too, honey. Yeah, well, I don't know if the stone is no good or not, but the feeling behind it is eight million carats, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Andy, I, I just don't know how to thank you. Oh, well, you know something, Ruby? What? If Amos wasn't here, I'd kiss you. Oh. Someday, Ruby, I'm going to get me a gal just like you. Well, Andy, you've made my birthday very happy with this ring. And it's something I'm never going to forget. Now, don't don't get nervous, honey. Maybe you was wrong about it. Amos, I'm sure I'm not wrong. And I'm thinking about what's going to happen to Andy. Well, look here, what did the man say to you again? Well, I, I took the ring to the jewelry store today to have it made the right size. Uh-huh. And the man at the jewelry store told me... This ring was worth at least two or three thousand dollars. 
This diamond ring is worth two or three thousand dollars. It's a real diamond. Oh, me, that's bad, all right. Give me that ring, Ruby. What are you going to do, honey? I know this much. Andy never bought it. I got to do something fast. Lightning, I want you to tell me something. Do you know where Andy got this ring that he gave Ruby? I know some of them, as I don't know nothing about it. Now, listen, Lightning, this is important. If you know where Andy got that ring, you got to tell me. Well, to tell you the truth, I know where he got it, but I ain't supposed to know that he got it there. Uh, where? Uh, where he got it. Well, listen, Lightning, you don't have to give away no secrets, but we got to get this ring back to where Andy got it from, or we're all liable to be in a mess. Will you promise me that you'll take it right back there to where he got it right now? Well, I was supposed to be home in five minutes, but I'll take it there for you, Miss Amor. I tell you, Muggsy, there's a good chance that the ring is still in the tray where we dropped it. I don't think they sell many of those rings. I don't forget. It's been there two days now while they've been holding us in the clink. Well, at least they didn't get anything out of us. If that ring is still there, everything will be okay. Here's the counter here. We don't want to hang around here too long, either. May I wait on you? Uh, yeah, miss. I uh, think we're going to buy one of these rings. Yes, they're very nice. Yeah, we want to look them over, miss. Stick with us. We're in a hurry. Uh, excuse me, miss. Hey, wait a minute, buddy. Can't you see she's waiting on us? Uh, excuse me. I just got something here that I want to... Look, we don't care what you got. Take your time, see? Uh, yeah, sir. You see it, Joe? No, not yet, Muggsy. Uh, excuse me, I was in kind of a hurry. Say, are you going to be quiet or am I going to have to punch you right in the nose? Now, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, sir. I don't see it, Joe. Well, did you, did you look at all of them? It'll just take me a couple of seconds to... Get back, will you? Oh, mother, please don't push me like that, please, sir. It ain't here, Muggsy. You sure? I'm positive. Can you beat that? It's gone. Ah, uh, let's get out of here. All right, punk. Go ahead. Come on, Joe. Yeah. Well, may I help you now? Uh, yes, ma'am. I want to return this uh, diamond ring and get my money back. Oh, a return. Well, just drop the ring in the tray there. I'll give you your money. Uh, yes, ma'am. My, those fellows were certainly rude. They looked at every ring in the tray and didn't buy one. Uh, sorry you didn't make a sale. Maybe they would have liked this one. Great news for the Amos and Andy show next week. Be sure to tell your friends to listen in. For next Friday evening, the boys will have as their guests that old Professor Kay Kaiser, plus one of radio's most popular singers, Harry Babbitt, plus the composers of the song hit Sunday, Monday, and always, Johnny Burke and Jimmy Van Heusen. All four in person next Friday night on the Amos and Andy show. Our program is broadcast to our armed forces everywhere. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for all of us with a final reminder. You know, it's not such a lot that the boys and girls overseas ask, just a letter from home. 
A breath of the old hometown. Little familiar things they want to know about that only you can tell them. A letter from home is next best thing to being home. So don't please ever be too busy to write. And when you do write, make sure the boys get those letters by sending them V-mail. For V-mail is the safest means, the only guaranteed means of getting it there. V-mail is fast. And because it saves precious cargo space on ships and planes, it's the most patriotic way to send a letter. Be sure to address your V-mail letter correctly and completely to avoid any delay in delivery. Write those boys now. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. What that music say? Yes, sir, Amos. That music say good health to all from Rexall. The Amos and Andy Show transcribed, written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier, featuring Ernestine Wade, Johnny Lee, Amanda Randolph, Roy Glenn, Jeff Alexander's music, yours truly, Harlow Wilcox, and starring radio's all-time favorites. Freeman Gosden and Charles Correll. Amos and Andy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Charles Correll. There's one product you'll find on almost everyone's medicine shelf, and that's aspirin. In our house, it's always Rexall aspirin, and there's a very good reason why. Laboratory tests prove there's no faster-acting aspirin made. Because we know that, we never ask for just aspirin, but always for Rexall aspirin. And I honestly believe you'll thank me if you do the same. Always ask for Rexall aspirin at Rexall drugstores everywhere. it's Sunday morning at the home of George Kingfish Stevens. The Kingfish, his wife Sapphire, and her mother have just finished breakfast and have come into the living room to look at the Sunday paper. Hmm, Sapphire, where's the pie coordinates? Them fried eggs don't give me the indigestion. Now, George, there was nothing wrong with them eggs. Yeah, son-in-law, we got them out in the country. And the man said they was laid only yesterday. Well, they may have been laid yesterday, but if you ask me, the chicken's been holding them back on them since the 4th of July. That was really a delayed action hen, that was. You found something wrong with the food? Something wrong with it? I never see the plate like that in the morning before in my life. Them two blurry-eyed eggs leering at me from behind a piece of soggy toast. <laughs> the fire reminded me of your papa peering in the porch window three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Speaking of eyes, 
eyes. Get a load of them watery eyes of yours with them bags under them. The hair is so low they look like a couple of juicy jowls. <laughs> what a sweet mother you is. I see better mothers in the bottom of a vinegar bottle. <laughs> George, never mind that. Mama, did you see this picture in the paper of the young fellow who married the wealthy gal down in Cuba? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of them proxy marriages, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, proxy marriage? Uh, uh, what a proxy marriage? What is that? Well, George, the boy was up here in New York, and the bride was in Cuba. He couldn't get down there, so the ceremony, somebody stood in for the bride. They'll join each other later. Uh-huh, yeah. And you know, I was reading that the marriage broker who arranged the thing got a commission of $500. $500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> George Stevens, what you thinking about? Well, I just thinking, you know, suppose I was to proxy up some poor, lonesome fella here in New York or some millionaires who live, say, in, uh, well, uh, Mexico. I'd get a nice commission. Well, George, you don't know no gals in Mexico. Yes, Alfie, you knows that and I knows that. But the big, fat, cigar-smoking proxy I has in mind don't know nothing about it. You mean to say you're thinking of pulling a dirty trick like this on Andy? Well, why not? All of a sudden, that boy has got a lot of money. He won't tell nobody where he got it from, but he got a roll and he has got it. Now, George, you can't jip him. Well, I ain't gonna jip him. He's flashing a big roll around town. All I gonna do is take a little of the glitter out of the stuff. Well, I cut this picture of this beauty contest went out the newspaper. Now, when Andy gets here, if I can just convince him this gal is a wealthy heiress in Mexico, maybe I can proxy myself into a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, I uh, Hi, Kingface. Just thought I'd drop over and talk to you. You see... Uh, don't bother uh, me now. Andy, I'm busy looking for a proxy. Oh, well, I'll help you. Did the thing roll under the desk or something? <laughs> oh, no, Andy. Uh, I guess you ain't heard about me becoming a marriage broker, is you? You is a marriage broker? Oh, yeah. Doing fine with the present shortage of women. Yeah, women's just getting shorter, all right. I was out with one the other night. They'd only come up to my belt buckle. <laughs> oh, Andy, uh, I mean, there ain't enough women's in the country. Oh. You know that statistics prove that in the next ten years, if the shortage of women keeps up, one out of every five babies will be born without a mother. (laughs) Man, them Democrats left the country in a worse mess than I thought. Well, I'm busy right now, Andy. I, uh, I have, uh, I got a rich millionaire down in Mexico. I gotta find a husband for... One of them rush jobs, I got a picture of her. You might know somebody interested in marrying a gal like that. Yeah, let me look at her. Uh, here you is. Here's the picture right here. Take that. Yeah, I guess a rich gal that can't get a husband must be a homely old, uh, a homely, uh, home, uh... Wait a minute, let me sit down here a minute. <laughs> I ain't been running, but all of a sudden I have short of breath. Yeah, and, and she's very wealthy, too. Her father made his money in enchiladas. <laughs> He's got five of the biggest enchilada mines in Mexico. And his daughter is loaded, too. She got 20,000 peons in her own name. Uh, if she is this beautiful and rich, how come she can't get a husband? Well, Andy, like I say, up here there's a shortage of women, but down in Mexico there's a shortage of men. 
Why, for every three men, there's three and three-quarter women. <laughs> three-quarters a woman? Now, wait a minute, Kingfish. I wouldn't want to get nuts laid up with no spare parts. <laughs> That's just a hypodermical speaking here, is what I said. <laughs> yeah, you see, this gal is all there. She, 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 she's whole. Yeah, this is something all right. How do I go about meeting her? Well, now, that ain't going to be easy. With her living in Mexico, even if they left the embargo in there, you'd have to go in over the quarter. <laughs> well, I better forget the whole thing. I like smooches, all right, but I'm getting too old to climb any fences for it. Well, that's too bad, and of course we could arrange the whole thing by proxy, though. I just happened to think of that. Yeah, you uh, uh, could arrange what with peroxide? What is that? <laughs> oh no, proxy, Andy. Uh, in a proxy marriage, somebody could stand in for you at the ceremony down in Mexico, and somebody else could stand in for her here in New York City. Yeah, well. Yeah, you see, uh, they does it all the time, Andy. Soon as they lift the embargo, why? You can go on down and join her. Yeah, but wait a minute here. How do I know she's going to accept me? Oh, where about that, huh? Well, now, I'll tell you what, Andy. I got your picture in the large yearbook. Uh, I'll cut the thing out and wire it down to her. Yeah. yeah, I ought to have an answer back by this afternoon. Oh, that's great, Kingfish. But you think she'll take me? Don't worry about that, Andy. I guarantee in this deal, you is the one that's going to be taken. Now, I guarantee <laughs> Well, Andy, I'm glad you got back. Uh, I just got an answer back from Mexico. Oh, hot dog, Kingfish. What'd the gal say? Uh, just one word in the telegram, man. The answer is, uh, caramba. <laughs> uh, I don't understand no Mexican. Uh, did that mean yes or no? Listen, Andy, if you ask a Spanish girl to smooch and she say caramba, don't ask for no translation, son. Just pucker up. <laughs> Boy, that means she's going to marry me then, huh? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great thing for you, Andy. As soon as you lift the embargo, why, you can go down there and spend the rest of your life lolling around on your cucaracha, <laughs> listening to the patter of little sombreros, or... <laughs> now, that'll be $200, Andy. That's my fee for this kind of stuff. $200? For what? Well, that's my marriage broker's fee. For getting you and this rich, beautiful gal with all the money. $200. Wait a minute now. I know this is all legitimate. The way you spend the proxy and living off the sombrero and all that stuff. But I ain't paying no $200 till the ceremony is preformed and me and the gal's money is officially hitched. Now, that's all. <laughs> Don't want to pay it till after the ceremony. Well, I tell you what, Andy. You go home and get your striped trousers on, and this afternoon, in a genuine Mexican marriage ceremony, you becomes Mr. Lolita Chiquita Gonzalez El Toro Jackson III. I got <laughs> Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names. We've done that because we recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Our women customers are really enthusiastic these days about the new Andelafield cosmetics. They tell us they're wonderful for the skin. Easy to use, easy on the pocketbook, too. Here's an answer at last to the busy woman's need for fine beauty care that's quick and economical. Instead of endless bottles and jars, there is only one cream, the Andelafeel All-Purpose Deep Cream, for your every skin need. And there are vitamins for beauty from within, 
So look for the N. Delafield Cosmetics, available only at Rexall Drugstores. Well, I got the large hall fixed up for the proxy wedding here. I hung a few stalks of bananas and some chili peppers around. <laughs> that Mexican pottery I got from the five and ten cent store give it kind of a festive touch here. That poor dummy Andy really fell for that. Thinking I got him a beautiful heir as in Mexico. This is going to be the easiest 200 bucks I'd have ever... Uh, oh. uh, here I ask, Kingfish, is I late? Well, well, if it ain't the happy bridegroom, welcome to the genuine Mexican fiesta and marriage ceremony. Whole lady to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, whole lady to you, sir. You say we're going to have a fiesta here? Uh, yes, Andy, it's uh, traditional in Mexico. Hmm. First, we have the gay fiesta with the singing and the gay voices. And then at the climax of the fiesta, the wedding ceremony is performed. Well, ain't the joint kind of deserted for a big fiesta? <laughs> well, I'll explain that to you, Andy. Uh, to give it the festive air, we was going to smuggle in a carload of gauchos. Of <laughs> but they ain't here. I guess they got hung up on the barbed wire fence. Let's uh, not let that put a damp on the party, though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, here you is, Andy. Throw this genuine Mexican serape over your shoulders there, boy. This is a Mexican serape? Mm-hmm. Looks like the hall runner from the flop house down the street. <laughs> boy, is this a sloppy serape? <laughs> yeah, well, Andy, I can explain that to you. You see, uh, they're usually in brighter colors than this with all the gay stuff, but the last Mexican that went and wore this thing fell asleep in a mud hole. <laughs> And, uh, uh, stop being a killjoy, though, Andy. Now, hand me those maracas there, and, uh, we'll get in the gay, festive mood and get it underway. Here we go. I am a Rancho Grande. I am a Rancho Rita. Yeah! Oh, yeah, I thought it was going to be dull, but it's really livened up here the last few seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, boy, uh, here we go for the famous Mexican hat dance. Uh, give me your derby here, Andy, and watch me dance on the brim of the thing. Neither here, I don't put my foot through your hat, yeah, Andy. Yeah, these fiestas is really rough on the clothes, ain't they? Well, Andy, so much for the big fiesta with the gay voices, uh... Now for the genuine Mexican marriage ceremony. Well, wait a minute, your king. Where's the preacher? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Andrew. Under the Mexican law, uh, when I got my marriage broker certificate, I was also granted the privilege of approximating the happy couple. You can perform the uh, marriages? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, can I perform the thing? Wait a minute, sir. Look here. Here, sir. I got my certificate right with me here. Mm-hmm. I'll read it to you. Listen to this. Oh, this is just like a thing that hangs up in the doctor's office here. Yeah, let me hear it. Say, no all seniors and senior readers by these presents. This here gringo. <laughs> this here gringo, George Stevens, is hereby allowed to nuptialate any and all machachas, marimbas, and uh, chihuahuas that come across. <laughs> uh, William O'Dwyer, ambassador to Mexico. <laughs> Wait a minute here now. Just hold everything. He ain't the ambassador no more. Well, Andy, uh, this was his last official act. He wrote this with one hand while he was resigning with the other. <laughs> well, that's fine. But where is the proxy that's going to stand in for Lolita? 
Did the proxy get hung up on the barbed wire, too? <laughs> no, no, and according to the law, a proxy can be any local person. Now, the proxy ought to be here any minute. I say, the proxy ought to be here any minute. Well, here's the proxy now. Uh, Hi, you there, Kingfish. <laughs> Where's the proxy? <laughs> Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. You mean to say that Al Conquer J. Calhoun is my proxy bride? Yeah, Andy, according to the law, anybody can stand in for you, know. Well, I don't care. Now, I ain't going through with it. I has waited 43 years for this, and I ain't going to marry no bride with a two-day growth of beard. Now, <laughs> oh, wait a minute here, Andy. Calhoun is just a proxy. You was actual marrying low leader down in Mexico. You done see the picture? Yeah, that's right. I got the gal's picture right here. I just think it, it might help me get in the spirit of the thing if we pasted this thing over that ugly pussy Calhoun. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Jeff, boy. Wait a minute. One more crack out of you and I'll leave you standing at the altar. Uh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Andy. Yeah. Fighting with your bride before the ceremony. Now apologize. <laughs> uh, okay. I am sorry, honey. <laughs> Come on, let's get on with the thing. All right, fine. Uh, oh, you make a charming couple standing there, and I know you're going to be very happy. Uh, move over this way. That's right. Stand right about there. Now hold hands, if you will. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful sight there. Yeah. Kingfish, would you ask the bride to stop blowing cigar smoke in my face going away? <laughs> yeah, I ducked that cigar there, Calhoun. Well, now, here goes. <clears throat> Dearly beloved seniors and senior readers, we are gathered here to join in marriage. Andrew H. Brown. And low leader Chiquita Gonzalez El Toro Jackson, alias Algonquin J. Calhoun. Does <laughs> you, Andrew H. Brown, take low leader to be your lawful wedded wife? I do. And does you, low leader, take Andrew H. Brown to be your lawful wedded husband? Oh, man, yeah! <laughs> Now pronounce you man and proxy. <laughs> uh, that'll be two hundred dollars, then. Uh, well, here you is. Say, Kingfish, uh, must I kiss the bride? <laughs> oh no! Just get in the large grip and get on out of here, both of you. Get out of here. Well, Andy Brown, how is you, boy? Hello, Amos. How are you? Where you been, Andy? I ain't seen you in the last few days. Oh, I've been on my honeymoon, Amos. <laughs> uh, you say you've been on your honeymoon? Yeah, and believe me, boy, that ain't all it's cracked up to be. I had a miserable time. Yeah, this is all news to me, Andy. Where did you and your bride go? Well, I didn't have no bride. I went to Atlantic City by myself. <laughs> Calhoun couldn't get away. <laughs> What in the world is you talking about? Who did you marry anyway, son? I married a rich gal from Mexico. Low leader Chiquita Gonzalez, uh, uh, something or other. And I know she's got a mind full of cucarachas, though. <laughs> well, Andy, uh, what, uh, what did she look like? I don't know. I ain't met her yet. I don't get to see her till they lift the lumbago and I gets under the barbed wire. <laughs> oh, Andy, you know what I think we better do, son? No, what's that, Amos? I think we better find ourselves some nice, quiet spot where we can have a little talk. Come on with me, Andy. I'll tell you what we do. 
Oh, boy, 200 bucks. I really pulled a fast one on that, Andy. No telling how long I can keep him on the hook. After a month or so, I might even get him to contribute to the support of his wife. Oh, this is one of the slickest things I... The slickest, uh... Large Hall, Kingfish speaking. Kingfish, this is Andy. Yeah, well, how is the happy bridegroom? Uh, how are you enjoying your marital bliss? Never mind that, Kingfish. I just had a talk with Amos. With Amos? Yeah. Hey, he got a nerve upsetting you on your honeymoon. What do you want to talk to him for now? Well, he say he don't know what this is all about, but he say there ain't no quota in the Mexico. He say I ought to get to the bottom of this. So, Kingfish, I have decided tomorrow morning to leave for Mexico and find my bride. Now, wait a minute, Andy. Go wait ahead. a minute. Nothing. If I don't find Lolita Chiquita Gonzalez El Toro Jackson III, you is going to wind up being George Kingfish Stevens the last. <laughs> And it started to get wise to me. Well, as the fly said when he fell into marmalade, there must be some way out of this jam. Now, here's your Rexall family druggist. If you suffer from frequent or even occasional attacks of acid indigestion, you want relief that's fast and prolonged. And that is exactly what you get from Bismarex. This famous Rexall antacid is specially compounded to work in a continuous relay. Excess stomach acidity is often neutralized in less than one minute. Then other ingredients acting more slowly ease gastric distress, soothe and protect irritated stomach membranes. Yes, Bismarex gives relief that's quick, relief that is prolonged. And now, in addition to the ever-popular powder form for home use, Bismarex is also available in easy-to-take mint-flavored tablets for purse or pocket or office drawer. So keep Bismarex on hand. That's B-I-S-M-A hyphen R-E-X, Bismarex, at Rexall Drugstores, everywhere. This new scheme works. Come in. It's open. Oh, it's you, Kingfish. I was just packing my bags to leave for Mexico. Hey, uh, Kingfish, why is you wearing that black tie and that black armband? Brother Andy, I has come to see you, boy, and to tell you something that I know is going to touch your heart. I is the bearer of sad tidings. Your fair Lolita is no more. Kingfish, what you talking about? Did something happen to her? Yes, Andy, the poor girl has passed on. Or as they say in Mexico, she has done Hassel Mignana de Bucket. <laughs> passed on? Kingfish, is you on the level with this? Yes, Andy, it all happened on account of the... Well, the poor gal was pining for you. She was, huh? Yes, Andy, she was so crazy about you that she tried to slip across the border with a load of pigs. <laughs> Uh, well, now that was sweet of her. Yeah, she thought she had a chance since they lifted the ban on the hoof and mouth disease. You see, she thought she'd come in. Uh, didn't make it, huh? No, Andy. She even swum through the sheep dip, all right. But they spotted her. She was the only hog wearing a silver fox jacket. <laughs> you say that something happened to her. When was that? Well, uh, she didn't give up trying to get in here, you see, Andy. And she wanted to see you bad. 
Right. And a couple of nights ago, she started tunneling under the border. <laughs> tunneling under the border? Yes, Anna, and I'm sorry to say that she had the misfortune to come up under a Texas Ranger. <laughs> well, what happened to her? Well, Anna, she decided to make a break for it. And she headed back for the border. And it was then that the Texas Ranger let go with a six-gun. You don't mean that. Yes, Andy, your sweet bride and the bullets went through customs at the same time. <laughs> hey, well, they had a beautiful funeral this morning, Andy, in Mexico City. Yeah. Wait a minute now. Hold everything. If they plugged her at the border, how could they have the funeral this morning way down in Mexico City? Simple, Andy. It's an old Mexican custom. They buried the proxy. <laughs> Tough on the Proxy's family, but you can't go against tradition, you know. Yeah. Oh, me. This is a tough break, all right. My bride is gone. Yes, and then you'll never get to meet her anymore, boy. Yeah. Looks like I has become a grass widow without even getting to put in a lawn. <laughs> Well, I got this 200 bucks from Mandy. Now I think I'll go out and start spending it. I, uh, come in. Excuse me, I'm looking for Andrew Brown. Andrew Brown, uh, what do you want to see him about, mister? My name is Jensen. I'm an agent. Mm, oh, an agent, Jensen. Uh, oh, you want to sell the boy some insurance, huh? I see you got your briefcase there. No, I'm a government agent. I'm with the FBI. Hmm, uh, uh, Tell me something, uh, you just looking for Brown, ain't you? You wouldn't be after no one of the other brothers here in the lodge, would you? Like, uh, well, uh, 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 Innocent Stevens? <laughs> no, I'm just after Brown. Uh, yeah, good. Now, what can I do for you to catch the dirty crook? Well, we have an idea this fellow Brown has been passing some counterfeit money. Counterfeit money? Oh. Something wrong? Oh, don't mind me, mister. I always twitch it like this after lunch. Uh, counterfeit money, huh? Yes, there's quite a bit of it circulating in the neighborhood, and some of the local merchants reported Brown as having passed some bills. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I'm telling you, if we ever found those bills on Brown or anyone else, it would go pretty hard against them. Mm, yeah, I hear what you're saying, yeah. Now, look, I'm very anxious to get a hold of this Brown. Well, uh, it's one thirty now. Why don't you drop here again? Uh, come, I tell you what. Let's see, one o'clock, give me about an hour and a half. You be here at three o'clock sharp, and I'll have the culprits here by then. All right, I'll be back at three. Mm, how you like that, Andy? I'm going to fix him for doing a dirty trick like this to me. <laughs> I think it's a nice, legitimate way to swindle him out of $200 and the dirty crook palms off counterfeit money on me. I don't know. <laughs> Kingfish, I don't understand this. Why is you giving me this $200 back? Because, Andy, that's the whole story that I give you about the gal in Mexico. That was a fake. Now, here's the money, Andy, $200. Everything I done told you about the Mexican, the enchilada mine, and everything else was all a fake. No fool. Now, you just take this $200 and let bygones be bygones. Well, all right, Kingfish. I'll take it, but I want... Uh... Hey, Kingfish, look out the window. That fella coming across the street. The fellow with the briefcase. 
Uh, a fella coming with a brief... Well, now, listen. Never mind the fella, Andy. Here, take this money and put it in your pocket. Yeah, but Kingfish, the man... Now, listen, got... you got the money there, ain't you, Andy? Yeah, All I right, got it. put it in your pocket now. Keep it there. It's yours. Uh, come in, come in. Stevens, I just dropped by to see uh, you. Uh, there he is, Agent Jensen. There's your man with the uh, counterfeit money. He got at least $200 on him right in his pocket. I guarantee you that. Wait a minute here, Kingfish. What is this? Well, I'll teach you to slip me counterfeit money. Uh, mister, don't forget if there's any reward, I is the one that turned into Dirty Crook. Well, from the way he's talking here, I guess he got the $200 back, Andy. Andy? Yeah, Kingfish. Allow me to introduce you to the finest proxy FBI man money can buy. <laughs> If you take vitamins, take the kind that gives you three big extras, plus B12. I mean Rexall Plenamins, of course. Plenamins give you valuable amounts of folic acid, liver concentrate, and iron, plus red crystalline vitamin B12, plus more than your minimum daily requirement of every vitamin with known minimums. And yet Plenamins cost only pennies per day. So remember this health tip from Harlow Wilcox. Give yourself the plus protection of Rexall Plenamins. P-L-E-N-A-M-I-N-S. Plenamins. They're sold on a money-back guarantee at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Just look for the store with the orange and blue sign. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to visit your Rexall family drugstore. Thank you and good night. See you next Sunday. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 